Ladies and gentlemen, the three knockdown rule on UFC Fight Pass is in effect. I'm Steve Kim, joined by CJ Lopez. How about them Texans? Can you put on a helmet? Oh, you're so stupid. More on that later. Hmm. Uh, and you were stupid, not CJ. I wanted yeah. to point that out. Salute to you and smoking Tim Frazier and Tino. Tino on the edits. All right, we have another busy jam-packed show. The bout sheet for today's program. Better be Ev with another battering news and notes, Ask Mario, and final flurries. And we want to let you know this podcast is sponsored by Hustler Casino, located just 15 minutes from downtown L.A. If you love poker, now is the time to play in their high-limit crystal room for a $50,000 total giveaway this holiday season. Come check them out. And also, if you'd like to get involved with the three-knockdown rule and sponsor our show, we still have some slots available. Please reach out to us. By emailing info at boxbid.io. Once again, that's info at boxbid.io. Boxbid.io is an online platform that is launching soon that helps public figures and professionals in the world of boxing <coughs> get sponsorships. We are proudly working with boxbid.io. Salute to them. All right. Round number one, Saturday night from the Videotron Center in Quebec City on ESPN. <laughs> And still, the IBF, WBC, and WBO light heavyweight champion of the world, Arter Betterbiev, with a knockout in seven over Callum Smith. Mario, 20 men have tried, 20 men have failed to see the distance against this guy who is the human wrecking ball. Oof. What'd I tell you, Kimster? <laughs> I t- you thought my guy might have slipped a little bit. You thought Father Time might have caught up to him. We thought, ba- no, I'm sorry, not we, you, thought maybe based on his last performance against Yard, against Yard, who was a very athletic guy, he showed sly, uh, signs of, of slowing down a little bit. And the thing about Betterbiev is that I don't think the inactivity is incredibly detrimental to him because of his lifestyle. We're talking about a guy who is a devout Muslim. There's no partying. There's no drugs. There's no alcohol. There's no baby mama drama. You see these videos that he puts out. He does push-ups on his fingertips, on his, what is this part of the, like on the the front part of the wrist. He takes the 45-pound dumbbell and he's spinning like this. It's like freakish talent, pardon me, freakish strength combined with an incredible discipline a Spartan lifestyle, and we've seen where Bernard Hopkins, who lives a very similar lifestyle, disciplined lifestyle, he's managed to slow down the age aspect. And I think if you live right and you're able to mix all his natural abilities with that sort of lifestyle, my guy can fight for the next couple of years like this. Because here's the thing. Everybody talks about his power, yes. And ironically, Kim, it's not like he's got that big one-punch knockout Mike Tyson power. He's got that I'm going to steamroll you, overwhelm you power, where he hits you everywhere and it just hurts. It could be the shoulder, it could be the arm. It just hurts, but he can box. That's the thing. And I think, and forgive me if I'm butchering his name, the Gavidzik fight? Gavozik, the nail. The Gavozik, the nail. When he fought the nail, who was undefeated in his prime, a very good boxer himself. He had moderate success, but what did Betterbiev do? 
figured out the distance, started to time him, started to jab with him. Everything was falling with the jab, went upstairs, went downstairs, closed that distance, broke him down, both physically and then mentally. And that's what he does. He batters you. He breaks you down physically and then mentally. And eventually you succumb to the avalanche that is better be And he is such an impressive individual in the way he not just beats his opponents, but beats them down and submits them. If it was a jiu-jitsu match, they'd be tapping out. Okay? And I and, and and then I like him as a person. He's incredibly humble. He doesn't consider himself an excellent boxer yet. He's a, uh, he's a total gentleman. Um, he's just an all-around, just a, 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 a special man, both as an athlete, as an individual. And as he's about to hit that fourth level, I'm like, wow, way to go. Because let me tell you something. He beat a guy who, yeah, he went the distance with with uh, uh, Canelo uh, in Callum Smith, where he lost a, a decision. But as soon as he went up to 175... It's like he was he was having like highlight reels of some pretty devastating knockouts. Top rank yeah. was putting them and guys having would look like convulsions, having their heads almost spin um, uh, off their neck. UK, they were out there a lot of buzz, especially from across the pond that they were picking him to be a favorite. And he looked good. And when they weighed in, Kim, and they had that face off, my guy looked big. Yeah. Big, tall, filled out, long limbs. I'm like, ooh, it got me thinking and made me not... Uh, it, it made me sort of reconsider, like, oh my gosh, maybe this is a closer fight than what it was. And he did have moments, and a tip of the hat to Smith, because he fought bravely, he fought valiantly, but man, he just started getting beat down. And as impressive as much courage as Smith showed, better be Ev, just, I, 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 we talk about this mythical pound for pound list, how p- people cannot be leaving him off. Uh, these best pound for pound list because I think he's on the Mount Rushmore of the best fighters out there right now. You know, I watched the yard fight again after we taped last week and I tweeted out, I think the, to take the words of Mark Twain, the uh, reports of his demise have been greatly exaggerated. exaggerated. (laughs) And it really is a credit to Anthony Yard. He fought a hell of a fight, but he only had small pockets. Now I got to give Count Smith credit. I thought he fought a better fight on Saturday than he did against Canelo. Threw more punches, actually landed more punches, but Mario, I thought the fight was over in the first 20 seconds. Yeah, well, when he got backed up to the ropes early, I said, oh, it's over. Can I, not, it's and over. I, and I want to let you continue. But another thing to add to everything else, I forgot to mention, my guy can catch. A lot. He's got a great chin. Well, you got heavy hands and a great chin, and that often doesn't go together. Whoa, you're dangerous. Well, Mario, can box. he reminds me a little bit of Rocky Marciano and Felix Trinidad. Two guys that would get clipped early and get knocked down. And as soon as they got up, the fight was over. Yeah, but he didn't get knocked down. Because they get stronger. Well, he's actually been knocked down harder, better be. No, correct. But, I, but I'm talking about this last up. But and you know, each time, he becomes the stronger guy by the next round. It's uncanny. T- Tito Trinidad, That was I, it was uncanny way he, because his was like dramatic knockdowns. Yeah. Um, I like the Marciano comparison. He also reminds me of just a bigger version of Triple G. In the mm. sense where he had that educated jab. He had the good educated jab, right? He goes upstairs and downstairs. He knows how to work the body. He cuts off the ring. His feet are a little faster than you think. Well, he knows how to close He knows distance. how to close that distance. His feet are, he's not like a heavy-handed guy and with heavy feet. You know, Canelo's slick here, but Canelo, his feet are not yeah. that fast. He knows how to close distance. He knows how to cut off that ring. And to my point before, I'm sorry I interrupted you, he can also catch. 
He's pretty, like, there's not any holes. You know, the one thing about uh, Better Be which is really interesting, you talk about his manner. Um, when I was still at ESPN, <laughs> I had to go to the pre-fight meeting. And I'll never forget when he walked into the room, what a gentleman he was, and he shakes everyone's hand, and then Christina Poncher was there. And he said, oh, sorry, I can't touch you because you're a female who's not my wife. Mm. I just want to be very respectful, but hello to you. He's devout. So he lives that lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. And I've been around him, just a small segment. Let me just tell you something. He's one of those guys, do not t- take his kindness as a weakness. Oh, no, no, no. No, because he's got no. this mannerism. Like He's kind of like this cold-blooded guy that once he steps into the ring, it is a different animal. And look, you could probably evade him for 18 minutes, maybe 24, maybe 27 no one's done it for 36, and he's the type of guy that whether he hits you on the shoulders, the arms, the elbows, saying. the gut, he breaks you down. That's why he is the human wrecking ball. And in terms of his pound-for-pound pound status, you know me, and, and we. this is our mantra, activity matters. It is hard to put guys on any list at the elite level if they're not fighting a lot. But you know what? There's a thing called an outlier. There are certain guys that are so good and so dominant if you look at their body of work and who they've beaten at 175, I just finally came to the realization, you know what, don't overthink this. This guy's not only in the top 10 pound for pound, he's probably in the top four or five. That's what I said, Mount Rushmore. Right. And Kim, he's a guy who has great pedigree, too. We're talking about a guy who's beaten Kovalev in the amateurs, who yeah. beat Usyk yeah. in the amateurs. Guys that can punch, guys that can really yeah. fight, world champions. This is an individual that I feel if he were to even go up a weight class, which ironically isn't even as success because it's be the cruiserweight, uh, I think he'd, ha- he'd have success. But he seems to fit perfect right at 175. He seems perfect build for it. And I'll tell you what, again, I was, I was always so impressed. I didn't think Joe Smith fight. He could, um, he could look much better, but he managed to. You know, he's 38 going on 28. I thought he was 39, actually. Yeah. Well, age is just a number. That's all it is with him. Yeah, and I love hearing that. That's he's an guy. absolute <laughs> machine. And we'll talk about a certain matchup a little bit later on in this show. Also on this card, the co-feature on ESPN, super middleweight up-and-comer Christian Mabilly with a knockout and six rounds over Rohan Murdoch. Mario, as I like to say about guys like this, he fights like he's double-parked robbing a bank. My Ooh. guy, listen, Ooh. I like, so I got to check that out after because I had to fight, watch these fights uh, when I got out of work. He's the kind of guy that, yeah, if you want to break him down with any sort of uh, uh, deficiencies in his defense, fine, whatever. But he's the kind of guy, when he fights, I want to watch. He's going to let his hands go. He's going to make it a fight. He um, went down hell bent with leather and he just, and he sort of overwhelms you with just, with his activity. And uh, he's, he's, he's fun, man. He's TV friendly. That's the best way to describe it. Every him. division needs about three of these guys. Oh yeah. They're not perfect, but you know what? They're perfect. Their imperfections make them fun. Mm-hmm. They throw punches. They're hard nose, high activity level. There's an intensity. Reminds me a little bit of a stronger version of, let's say, Juan Diaz used to come out throwing leather or the Camden buzzsaw, Dwight Muhammad Cowie. As I like to say, you don't need Google Maps to find them. They're going to be right in your face. And you're right to your original point. I don't want to hear about how you guys think Canelo would carve him up or Benavidez would. Yeah, so what? Because you know what? He'd go down swinging and you never know, though. When you throw that many punches, you know what might happen? You might land a few. 
And the thing that's great about him is he comes in waves. No, I like that. He comes in he waves. He sort of reminded me a little bit of just with the activity factor. Who's the lightweight we really like? The Golden Boy Kid? Zapata. Another guy like that. Zapata is another good example. Like, I don't care who he's fighting. I'm going to watch it. Yeah, and for all you Angelo <laughs> Dundees out there, you armchair Angelo Dundees, don't. Don't mess this up. He's good the way he is. He's never going to be a slick boxer. And that's what's great about him. Let's mm-hmm. enjoy him for what he is. Keep this in mind, Mario. If you talk about a title shot, still just 28 years old. Those styles, those styles have a way of burning out quickly. But I get the sense looking at him. He's a disciplined athlete. He's number one in the WBC and WBA, number two in Ring Magazine. So sooner rather than later, either... Canelo Alvarez is going to have to say, you know what, I'm going to fulfill a mandatory or I'm going to vacate the belt. So he's right on the precipice of a title shot. Good for him. And no matter who he fights, whether it's Mungia, Edgar Berlanga, you're telling me you wouldn't want to like circle a calendar and say, look, honey, we're staying home this night. Those two guys in particular, look, outside of Benavides and Canelo, I think he's a very, very live dog. Against those other two yeah. guys. <laughs> and they'd be fun fights. Yeah. And also on this card, on the non-televised portion, which was streamed on ESPN+, Plus, I think we have our first contender for the 2024 Fight of the Year. It is Jason Maloney maintaining his WBO Bantamweight title with a majority decision in 12 rounds over Sal Sanchez, 114-114, and two scores of 116-112. Mario, all I can say is this. I'm not going to argue with the decision. I think each guy made an argument of winning five to six to seven rounds. What a scrap. You know, the draw isn't even, Tay. You you can't sort of argue any other way, the draw, which way it would have gone. And that's when you know you've seen a good fight, a great fight. Yeah. Actually, so yeah, it was a fun, it was a fun, fun weekend, man. man. As far as we're starting off 2024 on a on a great note, you know, Maloney had to really dig down deep here because early on, the physical strength of Sanchez first couple rounds, I don't want to say it was controlling the fight, but it was making it difficult. He was right. on his back foot. <clears throat> then Maloney took control by kind of initiating, and then Sal Sanchez had to start to dig down deep and had to be a little bit more active. There were rounds where I said, the first 90 seconds, this guy won it. The last minute or so, I said, the other guy won it. So now it becomes the art form of a judging. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. When I heard 116, 112 twice, Mm. it didn't really seem to do the fight justice. It didn't. And in those types of fight, usually it's the fighter who is most well-conditioned, I feel, who's taking the most most well-conditioned, not to go backwards, but that's another point I forgot to make about better be it, is my guy just gets better with time, too. Yes. He's incredibly well-conditioned, and he eventually steamrolls you, even if you make the, even if you have a great game plan, it seems to catch up with you. So, in these sort of close fights, but both of these guys were in great shape. They both came yeah. well-prepared, so that makes it even tougher to call. Right, I would love to see a rematch. Yeah. I'm just telling you, because I, I get the sense that if it was a seven-game series, it might come down to a seventh game. Yeah. I mean, it was With and, two outs and, and, and Joe Chesator sent me a message in between the, the broadcast. They switched over to get Steve um, being here in a real arena. The Videotron Center made a huge difference. The mm. crowd was into the fight. But congratulations to Jason Maloney. Great job to our good friend Tony Tolj, loyal listener and watcher of the three knockdown rule. Thank Angel you very Hyder. much. Congrats. And to Jason Maloney, congratulations. And to Sal Sanchez and our guy, mm. Manny Robles. All right, when we come back, more of the three knockdown rule on UFC Fight Pass. 
This podcast is sponsored by Hustler Casino, home to the most popular streaming show, Hustler Casino Live, which just celebrated two years of record-breaking pots and live high-stakes poker action. If you're a card enthusiast, make sure to stop by and play all of your favorite games. Hustler Casino, see you there. And we're back on the three knockdown rule on the UFC Fight Pass. Hey, if you want to sponsor our show, email us at info at boxbid.io. Once again, that's an email. You can send it to info at boxbid.io. All right, news and notes. Oh, boy, you know, in, in Turkey, we trust His Excellency is making a lot of fights. Mario, let's go through the list here. February 17th, the Ring of Fire in Saudi Arabia. The headline is Tyson Fury against Alexander Usyk, uh, but they have added to the undercard the Ring Magazine Cruiserweight titleist, Jai Opatai, who we love, is going to take on Maris Bradis in a rematch, the guy that broke his jaw in the title-winning shot. Hmm. And then Joe, Jolton Joe Cordina and Sergey Kovalev, are on the card. Oh, wow. And then fast forward, March 8th, as Anthony Joshua takes on Francis Ngannou, we have uh, my fourth cousin, Jelly Zhang, uh, taking on Joseph Parker. Ooh, and then Ray fight. Vargas takes on Nick the Wrecking Ball for the WBC featherweight crown. Mario, it seems to me like Saudi Arabia is here to stay. Hey, They're making fights. Bravo, Saudi Arabia. <laughs> we might have to get the passport stamped, Kim. Oh, boy. I'm telling you. I'm telling That's not an easy fight either, but catch up on some uh, some rest and uh, bust out the iPad right there. I'm down for that. You know, I'm really happy that a guy like Jayo Pattaya, who I think got the absolute shaft from the IBF, that Saudi Arabia and that this group is saying, you know what, you're the champion. As long as you keep winning, we're going to treat you as the champion and we're going to fund this career. My view is he's probably making more money doing this than making mandatory defenses at home. As far as I'm concerned, this could change the whole structure of the business that if you have a recognized champion and you treat him as such. Because, look, I've always said belts matter. But I, I'm not a lot of you. The, the, the behavior of the organizations, not all of them, but most of them, the last couple of years, it's been dis, it's, it's, it's been concerning. Because they are no longer part of the solution. They are now one of the problems. And as long as they keep doing stuff like making sure that Jayo Pattaya is treated as a legitimate world champion and paying him well. And this is one of the best 15 fighters in the world. So I'm glad they're giving him this respect. And, and as far as Saudi Arabia, I'm a big fan of how they've gotten involved in the sport what they continue to do. I'm telling you, they're making it more like the UFC where they're giving us the fights that we actually want to fight. And and they are stacking the cards. And they're stacking the cards. When have we seen that? When was the last time we've seen that? I hope it's just a preview of what's to come. I hope they become, uh, well, I guess they already are major players, but they even get more involved. I'm yeah. telling you, I think this is great for the fighters, great for the sport itself, and great for the fans. Mario, uh, quick thoughts. Right now, you have the right to change your mind. Zhang Parker, who do you like? Who are you leaning towards? Wow, that's it. I mean, Parker coming off that huge Four upset last year, with Wilder. Active. He's staying very active. He's about as sharp as you can see him. Zhang, though, he looked good his last time out. He's got momentum as well. That's a really good pick em fight, Kim. But I got to tell you, I think I lean towards the big guy just because I think the power difference. Mm. I, 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 I think at the moment, I think I do. I mean... 
look, it's I don't I'm not saying that with full confidence. I think he's going to take him out. But if I had to pick gun to head, I'm think I'm leaning towards him. You don't agree? Well, here's the thing about Zhang. Zhang looked really good against a juggernaut. But the one thing about Joe Joyce, he is like a monolith. He just moves really slow. Yeah. One thing that Joseph Parker showed against Deontay Wilder under the tutelage of Andy Lee, the ability to change distance and be quick with his feet. Yeah. Now, with that said, on the flip side, Parker's not just facing a guy now with one weapon in Deontay Wilder. Zhang is a more well-rounded power puncher than the bronze bomber. Right. The winner of this fight, in my view, steps in line to become, I would say, Top three heavyweight? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially with an impressive showing and new tax bracket for him, too. I think if Zhang is able to let his hands go because he can't yeah. hurt him with either one, and he's not a reckless, but the more aggressive fighter in there, I think he could prevail victorious. But again, Parker coming off with the circumstances of where he said, it's very interesting. Could be a pick em fight. Yeah. Also, uh, moving forward. Just announced, I believe it was Mike Coppinger of ESPN who reported this, gave some of the details. Uh, May 11th in the States, May 12th down under. George Cambosis against Vasily Lomachenko in hmm. Australia for the vacant IBF lightweight title. Mario, this will be about a 12-month layoff for Loma. This is the enduring image I have of Loma after that fight that I think... I think he got robbed. I don't say robbed. I thought he won the fight against Devin Haney. Well, then that's a robbery. Okay. <laughs> but he was so crestfallen and he was so emotional in that locker room, that scene of him. Yeah. Just and I'm just like, oh God. I, I I'm gonna be interested to see how much does he have left spiritually in the tank to move forward. Yeah, I'm be interested too, but I'm with you on that. I thought he did more than enough um to win. One of the reasons why I was a little reluctant to even have Haney in discussion for a fighter of the year based on that performance, as great as he's been, I still thought he shouldn't have got his hand raised that night, but he's looking much better and is a completely different fighter at 140. But Loma, one of the most talented fighters we've seen. I Who knows if his mind is there and his heart is there. We know the skills there. Who, who knows? And we're going to have a very motivated Cambosa, so it should be interesting. I just love the fight, the fact that this fight's in Australia because in America, you'd have this in a ballroom mm. for 2,500 people. In Australia, it's a real big event. You're yeah. have 15,000 people. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of pressure on there. And for Cambosis, if he wants to stay relevant, look, he had two chances against Devin Haney. Tough style. Eked one out against Maxi Hughes, which a lot of people did not think he win. One, but if he wants to stay relevant, he's got to deliver now. It's more, you have to be more than just a guy that draws in Australia at this point. And, at, and on the flip side of Loma is able to look impressive in defeat, maybe even stopping Cambosis. He's yeah. right back in the mix. Well, this is for a vacant IBF lightweight title. So right. now you no. can start setting up thing, maybe a unification well, bout. Well, that's what I'm trying with to say. Shakur Stevenson. Shakur, yeah. or maybe even Tank, Ooh. if you want. So so that's what I'm saying. So there's a lot on the line for both of them. Yeah, once again, say it with this, folks. Belts matter. And Mario, mm -hmm. speaking of lightweights, and you brought him up earlier, William Zapata, it looks like he is going to fight in mid-March. Okay. On a Golden Boy card. Okay, not too so, far. So uh, Golden Boy has, a, has, to me, a decision to make. How quickly do we move him? In my view, look, the guy's had a good number of fights. He's gotten in quality rounds. If there's an opportunity to make real money, either against Tank or Shakur, look, Oscar says a lot about boxing needs to work together to make the best fights and all this other stuff. 
Well, don't protect William Zapata because Zapata himself has said he wants Shakur. I want those guys. Yeah, he specifically pointed right. out Shakur making a comparison to the Castillo. Mayweather fight. So I'd like to see him against both those guys, and I think he deserves those fights. And moving on here with news and notes on the three knockdown rule on UFC Fight Pass. Mario, interesting news late last week. Errol Spence uh, posted it up Mm. on social media and he announced it. He undergoes cataract surgery, which is going to knock him out for several months. Mm. And I I just found that interesting. It's like, okay, so you, you fought in late July. Okay. We are now into 2024, and this is after you took 15 months in between the Ugas fight coming into Crawford. I find the timing of this curious. Huh. Well, not to put your conspiracy hat on, but is this all just to avoid the rematch and trying to age out uh, Crawford or... Look, I'm not one to kind of speculate on anyone's uh, health, but... Crawford has said he is moving on now, and which is which is uh, I, I'm happy to hear because what's Crawford about 36? 36, 36 right? yeah, yeah, 36, and he keeps himself in tremendous shape, and he already posted that he's back in the gym working. What's up with your boy Teofimo? Trying to call him out. Well, here's the thing with Crawford. Crawford was letting his Twitter fingers go. Yeah, that looked like prime Meldrick Taylor. I mean, he was getting into it with everybody. Yeah, first he basically said. To Errol Spence, okay, that's it. We're done. Yeah. And you're like, what would you do that for? And he makes a good point. He said, anytime you fight in a major venue or a major jurisdiction like Nevada, you can't get away with a bum eye. Yeah. You can't. And first of all, the timing, again, I think is very curious. And then Tiafimo and him, Tiafimo upset Terrence by saying, well, I'd like to face him. Hey, Tia, you got to fight January 8th. You've looked ahead before and it's cost you. Right. They, 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 they've had a tension Going back to their days when they were both with top rank. You're talking about Jermaine Ortiz? No, you all, I'm talking oh, about... Terrence Crawford and Teal. Yes. Wow, but they were weight classes apart. That's weird. Right, but this is Just all as about far as placement. Got yes, it. placement yeah. and who's the top dog Let there. me ask you, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Because look, he called out Loma when no one wanted him. He fought Taylor and beat him when not a lot of people were banging at his door. If, let's say, this fight happens next year, when he's 37... And it it's time for Tio to to move up. Is he a live dog in that fight? He, he's a he's a liver dog than some of these other guys because of the quickness, the reflexes, right. and the skill. Right. Say what you want about Tio. He may be nutty, and sometimes he does things. I'm like, oh god. There's no denying his skill. No, that talent None is god given. No, exactly. That's why I think it's interesting. Not now, but a year from now, or like both of them have their dudes when Tio's really ready to move up one. Kind of interesting because, boy, if he, for some reason, were to pull that off, whoa. I just love the <laughs> fact that Terrence Crawford then, um, and I don't know if this is by coincidence. He, by the way, I don't know if you know this. Terrence is a rabid Green Bay Packers fan. Yeah, I know. He was talking about the crap, the Packers beating the Cowboys and, like like he beat Errol Spence and he tagged him. Oh, <laughs> and by the way, where's Errol Spence from, kind of? Dallas. He is, exactly. And if you look at the reactions, Ooh. I'm just, it's like Terrence. Caught his eyes. I never knew Terrence was this guy. Is that, I was curious, who are people from Nebraska fans of? Is Green Bay the most, is that the closest well, proximity? Well, yeah, because it's kind of a proximity. So is maybe, there? I don't know. Well, right. Is there, are they it close? might be. There, there's no real natural team except Nebraska. Cornhusker, no, I know. That's what I'm saying. Who's their pro but team? But in the NFL, guess, who knows? But uh, Terrence is letting his fingers go. And I think it's really interesting, though. But, okay. but, but, but let me ask you this. Okay, so the Tio fight, he just he was talking about that. He put that out there. Fine, whatever. That's not realistic right now. And plus, I'd like to see him 
um, against Haney and against all those guys uh, that we mentioned in uh, Super Matias, all those guys. Who would you like to see Terrence fight next? What would you, your managing Terrence, who would you like to see Crawford fight next? Assuming this all right, so if the overall goal is Canelo at 68, I think you have to work your that, way let's, up let's, let's, let's exclude that. So that I'm just next asking fight, this, no, no, just, I'm just Tim Zhu. So you want him to go up yet again? 54. The Boots-Ennis fight, to me, is tough. The Tim Zhu fight is tough, but in Australia, is more money. Don't you think? This is the money game. Well, yeah, I guess if, you're, if, we're, if we're going that route, because in a perfect world... See, I still would love to see Zoo Virgil Ortiz so down there, the real 154-pounders, and I'd, I'd like to see that. And I think if Terrence goes over there and beats him up, that'll kind of throw him on courage. <laughs> that, I'd rather see Terrence finally fight. Don't Boots. you think? That's me. I'd rather see Terrence. No, no I'm not talking about as a manager. I'm talking about as a no, fan. No, but don't you think Virgil Ortiz needs another fight or yes, two? Yes, I do. But I think if Terrence goes over there and kills Zoo, it's going to take some of that shine off of that fight right there is my point. So as a fan, which would be, which is a different answer I would give you if I was his manager, I'd like to see Terrence finally fight Boots, and I'd like to see Virgil and uh, Zoo eventually fight two fights from now. You know, we got to get Terrence on the show because I want to ask him a few questions because for so long, he was avoided. I think consciously avoided where people threw roadblocks. The other side of the street, you're on the wrong network. And now that he's the guy, I'm wondering if there's a part of him that's saying, you know what? The way you treated me, I'm going to treat Boots Ennis. Hmm. I wonder if there's a little bit of spite. Now that was my now that was my answer as a fan. <coughs> Putting my manager hat on, I agree with you. I think he does go up to uh, 54, and if he's able to capture that title off of Zoo, and then I still think to demand that um, Canelo fight. I say he even takes a shot at 60. But I got to tell you, like a Janovic fight, that's not so easy. Ooh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't yeah. mess with that. That's a dangerous fight. That's a dangerous fight. Maybe he picks up another title there and then the Canelo fight. But now we're looking at like early next year, realistically. Right. right. And I think I just wonder, is Terrence satisfied with just fighting once a year again? No, but but that yeah, even I the, what not. I just laid out, that's those are three fights before you get to Canelo. Yes. And so that's that's the whole thing. Look, when it comes to Terrence Crawford, people have to understand he was held. I don't say hostage. But there was an obligation to do a rematch with Errol Spence. But generally, these comes with clauses in terms of time. You just can't hold a guy for five years. Mm -hmm. Um, Errol Spence then says also, forget all this retirement talk. I'm not going anywhere. Bro, first of all, you admitted you didn't live a fighter's lifestyle. You got thrashed badly. And now you went through an eye surgery. Really? I got it. What about uh, the other Charlo brother? The one that just lost to Canelo or Jamal? The lightweight or the, the middleweight that just beat Benavides. Who was who, who he, he bickering with when he was in the ring? Oh, against. that was Jermel. Yeah. Jermel, who's theoretically the, the champion at 54. That's a, that, that, I do Still, that. even after that performance against Canelo, that non-performance. Yes, because that wasn't his real weight class. He okay. didn't get necessarily demolished. He got out boxing. He fought a little bit scared. They said, but he's still, you still got a fresh Charlo. I like that fight and I think it does better business. And I think I switched my mind entirely. I'd still like to see you know that what? fight next. Yeah, you're right. Because he, he is still the recognized 54 Correct. pound champion. And he'll still drum up the more interest and stuff. To and fit. to make the money in that fight, you could stay in the States. Exactly. That's the difference. Okay. All right. We moving on it. to the it. Ask Mario segment of this fine program. Here's one from Malik Brown. It's 2017. 
Andre Ward just beat the crusher for the second time. Better BF is the mandatory. Who wins? Back then, I would still say Ward, don't you? Experience, well, I, savvy. I, I remember. Wait, we're talking about a better BF right now. Right? No, no, we're talking about 2017. Well, better BF wasn't, I don't think, the better BF that he was. Now, I think he's gotten better with time. Right. To be honest, but taking him at their peak, I like a better BF because I remember that first fight with Kovalev in Ward, where <laughs> I thought Kovalev. Won. I thought he won clearly. I I thought he won it handily, and I was actually, it took some of the shine off for me with Ward. Yes, the second fight was a different story, but the first fight where he got dropped, mind you, I thought um, Kovalev uh, handled him uh, comfortably, and I thought, and I think if better be, if we take him at the top of 175, it'd be even worse. The difference is, better be Ev in close quarters is much better than Kovalev. Kovalev was a long-range, <laughs> mid-range sniper. Mm-hmm. Needed a little bit of distance, a little bit of space. Once Ward took that away, kind of muffled him. Again, when it comes to better BF... He's like a wrestler. Right. He positions himself. Right. He dude, knows, those uppercuts right. are nice. They're, those uppercuts, the way he was catching them in there, dude. Whoa. Right. And he hits you on the shoulder. Yeah. Hits you in the sternum. No, no, no. Hits everywhere. you in the gut. Everywhere. You probably need like 10 Advils after the fight. Yep. It's a little bit different. Yeah, but I still like him. But in 2017, based on the experience and the savvy, yeah, if that, they fought right then, I would have to say Andre Ward. Correct. I agree with that. But I was talking about in their peak. And here's one from Chris Andre, who runs a really, really good YouTube channel. Always appreciate the support from him. One of the bright minds. He called this fight to a T, though. He's a British guy. And he said, nah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be better, BF. He actually almost called the round, so he's right mm, on it. Nice. And he says, question number one, surviving against better, BF looks like a near impossible task. In the 15-round era, it would have been an even harder ask. Are we watching one of the best light heavyweights ever? And number two, is better BF a reincarnated marauding barbarian from 1000 BC? <laughs> I think that's a yes. <laughs> um, to answer his first question... It's hard to put him in a category of all-time fights. great because there's 20, only 20, 20 fights. fights. God, but, but quality over quantity, though. Which Where do we go there? That's the thing. If he, I, yeah, look, you take the guy that we saw this past Saturday night and you put him in against. Any era. Any era, he can hang. Because think about the great light heavyweight. Because he's Michael fu- Spinks, Archie Moore, right? Michael Moore was a shooting, was one of the hardest punchers ever. Roy Jones. Um, yeah, the Roy Jones would have been interesting. Yeah, I mean, Bob Fitzsimmons Here's is going to go all the way you back You can there. keep him off, like you mentioned, for Ezra a long Charles. time. But the pace in which he pressures you, it's almost impossible off for 36 rounds. And you're so gassed, not just physically getting beaten, but it, I think it, it takes a toll on you and your wind that you end up just kind of succumbing to all to everything that he that he's offering. So I put him up there against anyone. In Mario, also the pace. If you want to talk about 15-round fights. That's what I said, the pace. Think about this way. <laughs> Certain guys make you think that you're pushing a boulder up a mountain, going uphill. And certain guys fight like they're pushing it down. He's the guy pushing it down. Remember Gavozik? Gavozik for the first five rounds was okay. Exactly. He was boxing beautifully. He he ran a marathon. What happened? That's exactly right. Heartbreak kill. He hit heartbreak kill and boom, that's all she wrote. And And that was it. And that was it. Unless you have stunning power and you're incredibly elusive, it's hard to be, I don't want to say perfect, but near perfect for 36 minutes. Now, is he a, a, a barbarian uh, from 1000 BC? <laughs> if there was a modern version of it, yes. 
I really, I just look at the way he is and his, his mindset. Mm-hmm. And Mark Kriegel had a great term. He's pathologically modest. Because he still says to Mark Kriegel after the fight, I'm still not good. I love that. And guy. more fighters had that mindset. I they might actually guy. be what they are. And finally, this is the question I know many people have been asking from Johnny Boy Betterbeev. Johnny Boy does a really good YouTube channel. The Andrew Dice Clay of YouTube boxing channels. He, he's a real riot. Uh, short and sweet. If and when they fight, and His Excellency is going to make sure they fight, folks. Don't but, but worry before about. we get to that, that yeah. describe His Excellency for people who aren't familiar. I'm, I'm just a guy that loves boxing and a guy that has a lot of power and money. That's the way I'd put it. So he's not necessarily in charge of any sort of um, country. I don't. Is he just? I really don't know much about him other than the fact he controls a lot of the money. Okay, I, I was too, hoping you did. I didn't know. I don't get too deep into this. All these people trying to make this a political issue, folks. No, I was just curious if, if yeah. he was actually a political figure or if he was just a guy with a lot of Yeah, money. all I know is this. Uh, boxing's been going to where the money is for years. The thrill in Manila, why'd they go there? The money. Of course. Uh, the rumble in the jungle, why'd they go there? The money. why do they keep going to uh, casinos where neither fighters from that area? The money. So all of a sudden, you people want to care about what's good for the game of boxing. Folks, too late. Too late. Because I know in Chechnya, the main guy, uh, the fighter over in uh, in the UFC, Hamzat right. Chemaev, also Chechnyan, the warlord, the guy that loves him right. to death and takes I've had conversations with Dana White where he has to actually deal with him to make these fights. And I wonder if that's the case. Well, I'm sure he loves himself some Archer better we have as well. Yeah, I mean, look, I think he represents that region of the country well. And for the excellency, look, they want some tourists. They want for the um, reputation of the country. Look, it's Riyadh season. I love it. No, I, I think it's great. I love it. I was just curious if he wasn't. All that's these awesome. people, because again, I've written about it more than one. There were so many times. I remember it was Canelo Golovkin when Eric Gomez said to me, we're getting interest from New Orleans in the Superdome. And I said, Eric, if you do that, you'll make boxing a better sport because you'll get 60,000, 70,000 people. What did they do? They went to a casino in Vegas and they made it boring like 800 other events. So anyone in boxing complaining about this, I want to ask you a very general, simple question. What did you do to ever give up the money to make boxing a better sport for the next 50 years? Dana White was not incorrect when he said boxing treats everything like a going Mm -hmm. out of sale. uh, Going out of business sale. You did this. Mm -hmm. You never created hometowns, you ruined markets, you kept going to casinos. I was the one guy that had the balls and the brains to say, guys, this is a short-term play. Well, that short-term play is taking us to Saudi Arabia, who's willing to finance the best fights in the world. And I have no problem with that. God bless them. Yes. So, Johnny Boy Betterbeev has to say, short and sweet, if and when they fight, who are we leaning towards? Betterbeev or Bivov? Okay. Orale. Better Biev and Bivol, you can argue, is a 50-50 fight on paper. If there's one fighter capable of beating Better Biev, it's Bivol. It's only one. And if there's one fighter capable of beating Bivol, it's Better Biev. Mm, mm, That's mm. what makes this damn fight so intriguing. Best fight in boxing? It, you asked me that last year, yeah. and I told you that was the one fight I wanted to see, didn't I? Yeah. Last year, I said that's the one fight because the two contrasts in styles... They're actually both well-spoken, soft-spoken. Gentlemen. Gentlemen. They are. They're like, wow. Like, I love those guys. Both of them. They couldn't be more different. But their styles, boxing, are are completely different. So that's that's where we are. With all that said, Bivol would have to earn the respect of Better Beev 
to kind of keep him off his um, uh, to, to stop the momentum and to, and to and I don't know if he's able with the fencing that he has because he's he's an, an excellent fencer with a one two punch if he'd be able to do that because like I mentioned, um, Betterbev does have a great chin. Gavudzik did it for a while. Cam Smith did it for maybe a round or two. Bevel has the tools and the talent to be able to put it off. He's elite technically. Um, and he's in his physical prime. And look what he did to Canelo. Better be of his no Canelo. He, I would liken it to, he's like a pitcher that would have to pitch almost a perfect game. Mm-mm-mm. Okay? That I would have to pick up. Um, better be of, I think, and I think the longer it goes, it does favor Bevel more. Okay? I would love that really? spike. Yes, I do. I do. Ooh. Just because I want, look. Yes, he takes care of himself, but Father Time is still undefeated. Undefeated, and Bivol just is a little more spry to me. Better be ever. I'd like to. I'd like to see this fight this year. If this fight, I mean, like this summer, and if it's able to happen this summer, I lean towards Better be ever because I think even though Bivol would have success early on, I think eventually Better be ever would get to him. You know what fight I'm going to liken it to? I don't know why this popped in my head and take out the controversy. Remember when Cotto fought Margarito in the first fight? Yeah. Had success, started having um, uh, a landing nice combinations, but Margarito started closing the closing distance. In. Closing the distance, closing the distance, started clubbing him with hard shots, big <laughs> uppercuts. Eventually made him succumb um, to his pressure and his will. I see the same way, I see the same fight playing out with Bedevriev and Bivol. I've seen Bivol get hurt with by guys who punch a lot softer than better be have. That's how I see it. With that said, like I said, he does have the style to be able to beat him and vice versa. And it's not like I'd be shocked if what happens, he'd have to go out there Sandy Koufax style and maybe pitch a perfect game. But I lean towards better be have because that was my initial gut reaction even last year. And I still feel that same right there. Do you agree? You know, here's the thing. You talk about the longer the fight goes on, it favors Bivol. Here's the problem, though. For, no, no, for, I didn't say it favors Bivol. I said it favors better if you Yeah, and I'll tell you why I completely agree. You know why? Because if Dimitri is just going to go 1-2-1-2, one, two, one, two, it's going to be hard to hold him off. He's going to have to, like, really put us together. It's 1-2-1-2-1-2-1-2. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. So that's a lot of energy expended. That's what I'm saying. So he could be up 5-1-4-2. And then heartbreak hill hits. That's exactly what I'm saying. And then it becomes the energy. And unless B-Ball can really sit down on one of those shots and buzz better be it. And he better do it early. He better do it sometime. He has to do it at some time and maybe plant a little bit more in terms of a left hook to the body. Because you got to be able to take the legs away, right? Because the forward march will always be with better be it. He is the guy that's going to plant himself in the center of the ring. But... Where better be have might have problems with Bivol. Bivol has the most interesting rhythm in all of boxing, that bounce step that he does. You he know, has a really interesting I agree, rhythm. but I also say because of better be have's background, he's seen every style, yeah. Kim. You're not going to surprise him with some new technique. He's not going to be flustered in there. He's not going to, ooh, I've never seen this before. Yeah. Look at the, I just went over the resume of the what this guy has faced and who he's beat. I don't think he's going to be intimidated. And I thought when they had that little face-off when they were in Saturday but before, yeah. Better Biev looks at you like he's looking through your soul. Yeah, but he does that to everybody, though. I, <laughs> yeah, but he I, but he means it. Yeah, Like but, everybody, he does it yeah, to everybody, but I, I think, think like, he means it. B-Ball's the type of guy, he's lost a lot of stare-downs. That's just... Uh, he, I'm not saying it was like an out-macho thing. I'm just saying, I think 
Bivol knows what he has in front of him, and I think he's fully capable of pulling it off, but he's got to be firing on all cylinders and essentially fight almost a perfect fight. I don't disagree. Uh, last year, I would have said I favored Bivol still. Right now, based on what I've seen, and maybe I am uh, a slave to recency bias, I would favor better Biev. However, Bivol has shown one thing, though. He will elevate his game based on the opposition. You're exactly right. Do not forget that. And I don't think Better Biev will take Bivol lightly. Yeah. I think he has a lot of respect for him, but I think he looks at him and says, he ain't going to stop me with that little one-two. <laughs> Those little two punches. I'm coming. Right, but it's not just the one-two. It's the one-two with the movement, though. Well, I said earlier, I mean, he's got a lot quicker feet than you thought. Yeah. When The way he's able... Look, if he was a little more plodding, like a Canelo, because Canelo does not have quick feet, as slick as he is, yeah. he does not, and he was able to dart and outbox him like that, better be has a lot more athletic and has quicker feet. That's the fight deciding factor for me why I lean Do you think Bivol has to make it a point to try to hurt better be have early? Get that respect. First yeah, three rounds. I think so. Yeah. Because you got to get him going on his back foot. That's why I said he's got to hurt him early. Not yeah. at some point. I think he's got to hurt him early to make him a little reluctant and hesitant to not want to yeah. just step in He's got him in a position where he's up seven rounds to two. And in the last championship rounds, if he's fading, four corners. No, Four exactly. corners this son of a... But better, but better be have, I think his jab is underrated. He has a really a smart jab, and it's like a triple G jab, right? Boom, boom, and he goes upstairs. He goes downstairs. He comes over. You throw a lazy jab, boom, he comes. That's how he hurt Smith. It says it came over with that solid right. And if you're leaning over, he almost does those clubbing yeah. sort of triple G kind of uh, uh, corkscrew type punches where it looks like he's hitting you in the back of the head. And I guess he does that a lot, by the way. Well, because you're bending down. Club, I don't blame club, him. Yeah. He does that clubbing thing. That's like a sledgehammer. That's that big-ass wrist and fist coming down on you, dude, with that 40-pound thing. Like No, no way, dude. I, the more I think about it, I really like him. B-ball, B-ball. But ironically, B-ball's the style yeah. that could beat him, but he's got to be so the on point. The winner of this fight, do they join Inouye and Bud? Yes. In that, And maybe if Usyk beats Fury. With no, the, Usyk, Usyk beats Fury, he's number one no matter what. Oh, wow. Dude, the guy cleaned out Cruiserweight division, and then he beat Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury. You're not going to put him number one? And he's not even a real heavyweight? Seriously? So, so no, I, hold on. Seriously, you're not going to put him number I'm one? I'm with you. That's what I'm saying. Those are the top three. <laughs> if Usyk beats Fury, no matter what anyone else does, he's number one. Okay. The dude just beat Anthony Joshua twice, and then he's going to beat Tyson Fury? Right. And he's not even a real heavyweight? Come on. So the lethal weapon three, in your view, should that happen, is Usyk, in a way... Crawford and the winner of this light heavyweight fight would make it the fearsome foursome. Yes. I do, think do, do I, I think it's pretty clear at this point. I think so too. All right, moving on to final flurries. Mario NFL playoff weekend began and congratulations. You did a great job in leading the Houston Texans. So Boy, stupid. for your first playoff game, man, you carved up a good Browns defense. I sent did him a hell that, of a job. I sent him that tweet, Frazier, from radio that we got. Someone said that I looked like C.J. Stroud with a helmet on, cold as ice. <laughs> Can we get a, we have a helmet here? Well, That's funny. We gotta we gotta put that picture up. We'll yeah. put that that picture up. Uh, first of all, that kid, man, ice in his veins. I love that kid. My sister lives in Houston. I guess he's a really good kid too. And I love that he starts off every interview thanking God, and he makes his Inland faith. Empire, Southern I California, right kid. here from L.A. Yes, Rancho Cucamonga. 
old man got lucked up. He's doing like 38 years and he really turned to the Lord. He made himself, you know, he, uh, f- he played out of Snoop's <laughs> League too, Snoop's Youth League. He but, And he just looked like a stud. He was looking like... He was looking like Joe Montana out there. Green Bay's gotten so... They were, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, and now they look like they got the future with this kid. Do you give them a shot next week against San Francisco? No. I think it ends. I think they're too physical. But I thought the story of the week one of the playoffs was two great young quarterbacks. Jordan, one love, one love. You're lucky just to have one love. Word to Houdini. And then also C.J. Stroud. Like So many people complaining about the quality of football. I loved watching two young quarterbacks just step up and say, you know what? The league is good. I got a, a lot of heat on Twitter. CJ Stroud, that, that, that Texas team Stroud good, to me bro. is already a top 10 quarterback. I said that last That's month. That's a bold statement. Now, do you like the Texans' chances next week? Who do they play again? They are playing... Are they playing know, Baltimore? They're playing Baltimore. No, they have no shot. Yeah. At God, Baltimore, no. They're playing, no. no they're I think Baltimore's Baltimore. won the Super Bowl. Hey, listen. I would normally agree with you, but... Lamar hasn't exactly been great in the playoffs. I either. agree, but they're coming. So, and you know what? out there. I mean, and then Peyton Manning is for seven, CJ Stroud's out there playing. He's playing loose, dude. That defense is good. Ooh, the but pressure's going to be. Oh, okay. I know. But you no, know, Baltimore's look next level this but year. But let me just say this. But no, that should be a good game, though, huh? Peyton Manning is for seven, eight years was not a great playoff quarterback. We have to be fair about this. I think this is a year Lamar breaks through. We're going to see, right? We We're shall see. see. <laughs> but CJ Stroud. If you take a look at that nucleus they have, and they're doing this without their best young receiver, Tank Dell, he got injured. Brevin Air Jordan. You know he's half Korean? That's why I call him Korean Air Jordan. Sure. One yeah. of my favorite wide receivers who I think is underrated, half Korean, Heinz Ward. Heinz Ward. Don't, don't you so, think he, don't yeah, you think he might be a Hall, Hall of Famer? Famer? Might be. Don't you think he deserves it? Uh, Dude, I think Heinz was great. One of the best blocking wide receivers. I'm surprised you don't like him. I I'm like him. On. I like him, but you? I mean, no, there's never been a wide receiver. You say, man, what a blocker he was. Like, you don't get in the hall. No, but he made, he made clutch pay. He made he clutch did. catches, too. I like Hines. I, I like can't believe Hines. you hate Hines' word. But now, uh, <laughs> the other thing, the Cowboys. Dude, Mm-mm. let me tell you something. Mm-mm. Nothing makes me happier than when the Cowboys lose. I didn't know you felt this way. God. You want me to tell you why it bugs me? When anybody, de- like, just declares themselves America's team. And the Cowboys got a lot of fans. Like, I respect you if you're from Dallas. Cool, right. fine. But they have a lot of fans from all over. Because they're America's team. Them. No, they're not. Like dudes out here in L.A. Like, I'm like, why do you like the Cowboys well, for you're out here in L.A.? We didn't have an NFL team. So what? There's a lot closer than Dallas Cowboys. And people from, you know, just random places be liking the Cowboys. And it bugs me. And they just bugs wow. me that they wow. care. They call themselves America's team. Random fans from all over. Been bad and wacky They fans. didn't call themselves America's team. You know who made it up? NFL Films. In their 1978 highlight film. Yeah, but they went with it, Kim. They went with you? it. Yeah, well, what type of point. patriot are you? Yeah, with that, I'm not a Dallas fan. I'm not a Dallas fan, so I always get excited when they All lose. I know is this. And so, hey, dude, they got demolished. Jerry Jones too. tried to lift the curse of Jimmy Johnson by putting him in the ring of honor. Oh, no, it did not work. Oh, no, 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 no. That, was, that little cheap stunt was not going to work. Do you fire Dak and the coach? Dak has a year on his contract. You can't get rid of him. So you got another year with no playoffs? No, they'll make the play. Like they, I like, mean, another, another they've year. They've won 12 games three years in a row. No, I said you got another year of playoffs. You won't advance in the playoffs. <laughs> but also, guess what? That it, what, Dak he was He seems bad. actually like a nice guy, too. But too. I hate that, that defense was bad. They were very soft. Oh, they don't want to play the run. Dude, those guys are wide open. Well, no, they wouldn't play the run. Yeah. They have a lot of great pass rushers that wouldn't play the run. The other thing is, can I go Asian Andy Rooney here? Can I go Andy Rooney? Back in my day, we played the ice bowl. We didn't care if it was 50 degrees. 
below zero. We didn't care if there was snow. I was we watching didn't care that if game. there were frozen bodies on the sidewalk. Hey, we played the game. I was, Buffalo, you got to be ashamed I was, of yourself. I was watching that game, and I was thinking to myself, I don't, even if my son was playing, I don't think I'd go. I'd say, you know what? I'll see you, I'd son. say, you know what, Dominic? I'm going to, yeah. uh, seriously, I wouldn't even go. I wouldn't even go to the, the suite right there. I'd say, you know what, Dominic? I'm going to see you at home, hon. Yeah. Son. And, then, and if he would have bitched, i said, say, you know what? I gave you a roof for 18 years. <laughs> I fed you every no, day. No, really. It's, and, 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 and football's one of those sports, too. And I go to games, yeah. but it doesn't do it justice when you're at TV. Does It's much more favorable. A lot of times you're missing stuff. And I, it's not like baseball or baseball is boring as can be no but you still disagree no you're crazy you're when you're at the game though it's fun you can be social and it's a nice day yeah in other words nothing's going on and you could just bullshit no you're crazy you're telling me you'd rather go to the game than enjoy it at home football is one of those games that i'd rather not go once in a while but i'd rather enjoy the only sporting events i go to nowadays outside of boxing matches which i am Obligated to go to basically. Those are great to go to. Though. Those are actually games. great to go to. Miami Hurricane football games. Dude, you but, can't but tell me you thing. enjoy it more than yeah, you do. do when you're there. No, you don't. Well, you're just Mario, lying. Right. You no, just no, no, like no, 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 Mario. Here's that the shit thing. is whack. You can't see half the plays. The camera, the replays aren't there. It's yeah, not the as comfortable. Now. It's not as comfortable. You ain't kicking in those suites, so there's no reason that you should ever. You should go. No, no, but you're right. It doesn't do it justice. I'm being serious. I'd like to go to a couple games a year. But my most enjoyable Saturday afternoons. When you're at home. Well, with Coach JB, Football Palooza, or my buddy Hugo, we set up the TVs and we watch all the games. You're right. But I have a, I do, it's a serious question. Is our country getting soft that a game like football now is basically postponed due to snow? Bro, that was crazy ass snow though. That was like six feet of snow. We're not talking like a couple little flakes yeah that was ridiculous really and you think our founding fathers had that type of attitude you i just you told you i wouldn't go Washington? i just told you i wouldn't you go with my Thomas own son jefferson i just told you my own son yeah, i wouldn't yeah, go yeah but you're not yeah <laughs> you think but, i'm gonna yeah, yeah, yeah but you're not i mean vincent t lombardi must be rolling over in his <laughs> no, grave no, no. to think that they would have canceled that game no. I, i'm ashamed of america i'd go out first of, all, first of all you go to a boxing or an mma fight that's the best thing to go to and i'm telling you that in, in person that's different that's gladiator times you cannot match energy that is different. You get your money's worth. As far as team sports, I like baseball. Boring. To go to person, and I like the soccer matches. Soccer! Oh my god, dude! You, you go to LSU, those are fun. Those I'll, I'm going to take, take you. And you're going to trip out. No, you're not. No, you're not. All right. I th- all right. Well, you think we do a lot of this? That's all we're doing through the whole thing. I like to party, Cam. Unlike, I don't know what the hell you're liking to do. What are you over there with a fucking box score? And like taking care of it. Like, box you know score? I mean? You're doing baseball again. Dang, yeah, dude. I'm going to say though, the tailgates at Hard Rock Stadium. I sit next to dudes that do hey, that. The Hard the Rock Stadium, the tailgates of the Miami Hurricane games, the fellas out there, Canesville, oh, God, uh, John Drummond and the crew. want to shout far. out to all you guys. You guys do a hell of a job. Crazy. You make my trips worthwhile. Mario, I saw a documentary and brought back memories. I want to come clean here. In high school, you're so segregated in terms of what you like and what you're labeled. I used to hate Depeche Mode. So did I. Depress Mode? Oh, my God. What? Depress hey! Mode, dude. That's exactly. You know what? I know where you're going with this. They kind of grew on me later on over They're time good. a little bit. Eh, don't get crazy. Oh, come on. Did you like, do you like Duran Duran? I'm hungry like the wolf. Do you like them full or not? Yes. See, there. I, I as a kid, I was like, oh, this music's so whack. Because it's new wave. And yeah, yeah. As I got older, I tried to appreciate like it. Maybe it's because it takes us back to that time. Right. Looking out with the Pesh mode, they were all the kids that I never really hung out with, but I was friendly with. They loved the Pesh mode, and 
The, How was the documentary? The Depeche Mode one. I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell you what the dudes looked like. I don't either. I couldn't either. Really. Did you just watch the yeah, doc? Watch, what do you mean? Yeah, but and I, you still couldn't tell. If they came up to me right now, like, do I know you? They're like, um, who are those dudes with the helmets? Daft Punk. Daft Punk. They're like Daft Punk. I couldn't tell or you. Devo. Remember Devo? Well, Devo had hats. Kim, yeah. you can still see them. But also, then you're right. But they're not like Huey Lewis. If Huey Lewis came up to me, I'm like, hey, Huey, what's the news? But anyway, so if you take a look at oh, Depeche Mode one hundred and one. It was about their tour that they had in 88. And they were huge. And it kicked off or it ended. Is that the Master and Servant Tour? I don't know what they call it. Violator Tour? I know people that It ended at the Rose Bowl in front of this huge crowd. I know friends that went to it. And what they didn't show was a huge food fight broke out in the crowd. Food fight? People were just throwing everything they had. It was the greatest time ever. Master and Servant. Where did you you see it at? I don't want to check it out. It was on Showtime. It was a Showtime production. And I, I just DVR'd it. And I, it was good. Like, I can't say I just didn't have enough, but it was can't, good. Just can't get enough. I mean, but I, when you look enough. at now their, taking me back. their songs actually weren't. No, they, they sold millions of records. Yeah, but you call them depressed mode. Depressed mode. That's I kinda, used to call that, them depressed mode because. They're emo. Yeah, wow. exactly. <laughs> what didn't say that. What? What does, what does Depeche mode mean? Did they get into that? No, they just talked about the tour. But Blasphemous Rumors, that's another great song. Dude, that they, they they talk about a girl suicide. Yeah, that maybe that yeah, is pretty depressing. 19, now that I think about that, it's eighty, dude. Yeah, depressed mode. That's exactly. They you know still that. do tours, and as I'm tweeting about this, people are telling me about the fourteen times they went to go see Depeche Mode. And so is it like yeah, Violator? Uh, I remember that. See, I was right. Yeah. So like 1988, the past. It's like a Rose, thing. They had sixty thousand people to Rose Bowl. Yes, dude, they were that big, dude. Yes. Damn. Richard That's a Blade lot. was interviewing them. Yeah. Uh, They're in the 50 bands that changed the world. That's crazy. They rank 98 on VH1's 100 Greatest Artists of All Time. That's crazy. Top Depe- 100. Depeche Mode. Yeah, I still play them on my workouts. They're, they're pretty good. Dude. Uh, Mario, what's the latest with Blank Slate? How's that going? You know what? I'm proud to say a uh, little game show on Game Show Network. Um, debuted at number one. They're really happy. Oh. It's, going, uh, it's going really well. Looks like we're going to do another one. For those who are not familiar, it's a little like match game. You try to fill in... Yeah. Uh, fill in the or guess fill in the blank answers with the partner, and we throw in a comic in there to kind of lighten it up. Whoever has the most points win. Um, and I got great compliments. Like, hey, you were funnier than some of the comics right there. I was like, hey, all right, we'll take it. But like I said before, there's no better um, feeling than giving away money. But it's it's cool, man. It's fun, and a lot of people have been winning, which is nice. And we're gonna go another round in the summer. So check it out. You you seem like you'd be good at games. Nah, I don't think so. You're not games. You don't like money. Okay, nah, you don't unless like it's win? Hollywood Squares. I'm not doing it. Hollywood Squares. <laughs> Paul Lynn oh, was hilarious. God, Paul Lynn, yeah, that was a funny hey, guy. So you're gonna watch the Michael J. Fox doc. Still, it's one episode, you can handle it. And we're going to talk about this next week because I talk about depressed mode. That's during that era. Yeah. Um, all during that era. I think I think you're going to enjoy it because I know you like that. I'll kind always of stuff. know him as Michael P. Keaton. First of all, it's Alex P. Keaton. Alex, that's right. Do Alex. you know the dad, Michael Gross? Gross. Um, he lives on my street. What? <laughs> he lives on my street. Oh, wow. He lives like four houses away. He lives four houses away. You know, I told you who my across the street neighbor is. Who? The best horse trainer ever, Bob Baffert. Bob Baffert. He's great. The manual steward of horse racing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's exactly. Super cool. All right. Well, we got a lot to talk about next week. Want to thank everyone that made this show possible. Smoking Tim Frazier, Tino on the edits, Mario Lopez. This is Steve Kim saying, to the next round, goodbye, everybody. <laughs>